0: this episode, we talk about d d 5th edition, downtime activities, and their rules. Roll the dice. Hey, nerds! It's Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Exclusive tabletop gaming podcast for the uh, Pacific Northwest. All levels of gamers. Analog gaming. Tabletop news.
1: There will definitely be some bet. That's probably our A best. That, that's, that's, our, that's our best feature. You are listening to the Geeks of Cascadia podcast featuring Steve Hobbs. This
0: podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon. This section of the podcast is brought to you by Around the Table, Linwood's premier game store and hangout for game lovers of all ages. Buy a game, play one of ours, or join us for a drink. Whichever you choose, you'll have a great time. Around the Table Game Pub. Now back to our show.
2: Hey, Geeks. Blue Samurai here. I am with... Rebeculous. And I am
1: with... I am still Paul. And
0: mm. you are listening to episode 80... No, 50... Dang it. 59. 59. 59 of <laughs> Geeks of Cascadia. And, um, we got a great show for you today. Yes, we do. We're doing Behind the DM Screen. Yes. And our subject today is... Downtime. downtime. Yes. Things will be great when you're downtime. Stop singing. All right. So, uh, (laughs) before we do that, though, (laughs) we do have con news for you, so...
1: (laughs) There's not a whole lot of con news going on. I have a little bit of stuff to talk about, though.
0: Um. Okay,
1: Okay. so um, we have coming up um, locally, we've got Geek Craft, Eps, Geek, Geek craft Expo um, in Seattle. That is November 29th through December 1st in Seattle, Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks super cool. It's a bunch of um, local crafters making their nerdy stuff and stuff I like to buy, stuff you like to buy. Go check it out. Such um, as?
2: Can you give an example of a craft? Such
1: as? Maybe if like.
2: Like pot holders and things like that? Um, for
1: holding your pot, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of things for holding your pot. Um, what is GeekCraft Expo? Um, quilts.
2: Are there quilts?
1: There's really no pictures of is anything there macrame? or any vendors. There might be some macrame things. I don't know. It's geek stuff. Okay. And it's at the Magnuson. You sound center. unsure. I'm yeah. I changed my pages. I'm sorry. I'm not very prepared today. Wow. wow. Usually you are. I'm usually super prepared. I know. This is kind of weird. Anyway, go to geekcraftexpo.com and click on the Seattle link, and it will show you where to go. That is November 29th Mm -hmm. through December 1st. That's where
2: I'm from. Twin Cities. Twin Cities. Are you really? That's really... Yes, I am.
1: That's fantastic.
2: Minneapolis, yo. Does that mean you have a twin? Uh, God, I hope not. That'd be bad for the environment and everybody.
1: Also going on in Seattle, Washington, we have got the punk rock flea market on December 7th, a day that shall live in infamy. Mm-hmm. That is at um, King's Hall. It looks like it's North Seattle. It's twenty nine, twenty nine, twenty seventh 27th Avenue South mm-hmm. N- Seattle, Washington. And it's a bunch of cool punk rock stuff and it's a flea market so people bring stuff out and um, sell it. So it's one day. It's, Do you have to
2: bring punk rock stuff out?
1: Well I think that they encourage you to um, have punk rock stuff and it goes from noon till 10pm. It's underneath the Baker Light Rail Station. Mountain Baker Light Rail Station. Oh,
2: that should be nice. Oh, it's,
1: it's one dollar at the it. door.
2: A dollar? It's a dollar. Get yeah. it. Jeez, That's not where very am I going to get a dollar?
1: I'm just going to give him a fake dollar. And the next thing, believe it or not, going on, on our calendar is OrcaCon. OrcaCon. <laughs> OrcaCon. OrcaCon. It's OrcaCon. Do you like OrcaCon? Um, OrcaCon is a place where you go to play games with your friends. It's super fun. Everyone's totally cool and nice.
2: And there's orcas.
1: Uh, there are really. no orcas. There's dorkas.
0: But uh,
2: there, uh-huh. we had uh, 1,200
0: people, I think, last time. Oh, no, so we had like 1,400 so people last time. So we're expecting
1: more. We're expecting to sell
0: out. We've got a lot of panels.
1: We've got a lot of panels. Oh, and that is January 10th through 12th in Bellevue, Washington. Mm-hmm. We have a Catan tournament. Um, or is it Catan? Uh, I don't know. Or
2: is it okay. Catan?
1: Well, if you know the answer, yeah, <laughs> email us at geeksofcascadia.com Geeks Geeks g- edg- yeah. or tweet at us, yeah. uh, love or hate, either way. Um, Don't and tweet also hate. At Geeks, Geeks of Cascadia. No. Or visit our Facebook page at Geeks of Cascadia. Yes, and like and share stuff if you want. That <laughs> or would be totally text or cool.
2: email. Still, Paul, personally, he'll answer all yes. your yes. questions.
1: And yeah, His phone number, of course. is mm-hmm. Yes, You didn't even know my phone number.
2: I don't know your phone right. number. Right. You actually. never call me. You never Just put call it me. right across here when you...
1: I will. Edit. I'll just put, right the, put your phone number right there. <laughs> no.
0: And make sure you rate yes. us on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts. Facebook, please. Um, especially you from whatever... Do you know how to pronounce that from Wisconsin that's listening to us? Oh. Isn't that your neck of the woods?
2: Okay. Yeah, it is. Okanamawak? Okanamawak. Okanamawak.
1: Yes. yes. You? She's, she only speaks Minnesota. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. You All betcha. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, Paul. <laughs> didn't mean to interrupt. And you. that's what I got. All right. Go to OrcaCon, We're going to put that right here. Get okay. our, get your room. We still got rooms at the room rate, which is great. Yes. And the, I hear we're going to tease very soon our um, 2020 T-shirt oh, from okay. our artist, um, um, Pop Muertes. Follow up uh, at Pop Muertes on uh, Instagram. Nice. Okay. Nice going tease
2: Facebook. a t-shirt. do you yes. tease a t-shirt. We're going
1: to show you what it looks like so you get excited mm-hmm. for it.
2: Oh. Thank you for explaining that to me. I probably figure <laughs> it out myself. Yes. Yeah, no.
0: So what's going on in Tabletop Game News?
2: So very much. So very much. Well, I'm sure you remember because I know how you just remember my my little sessions here that this theme this week is uh, games from other countries and there were so many and it was hard to choose. So I'm just going to do a little quick spiel on each uh, each one of them here because these are nifty. These are great. And I chose some for you. Oh, Let me start off with one okay. of the ones I chose for you. It's called Way of the Samurai. It's uh, from Yosef Farhi and he's actually French from France.
1: He's a French samurai.
2: He's a French samurai. He's from mm-hmm. Bordeaux. Uh, it's a solo card game. It's card game. Why I caught my eye, it's very beautiful, these nice little brown and and, uh, light-colored cards, and you have battles with different samurais, depending on what the grid turns up. You choose your weapons, you choose your strategy, and it lasts about 30 minutes, and I love the single-card games because I'm by myself a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, Way of the Samurai, um, from France. Uh, So after that, let's continue with France, and there's a game called Titan. Do you know which planet has Titan as its moon? Let's uh, see how smart are you guys. Jupiter.
1: <laughs> uh,
2: you are incorrect, sir. Mm-hmm. Is Saturn. Okay. Saturn. Saturn's the largest moon, and it's called Titan. The game. Uh, it's by Holy Grail Games. It's out of Nancy. Nancy France.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: uh, it's it's about people colonizing Titan. And they're strip mining uh, the place you're supposed to... Sounds use. terrible. I know. I know. It does, actually. It, it looks so beautiful. And I was listening to this video. ruin another planet. Yeah, yeah. great. Yeah, that's basically it. But the cool thing about it is there's no game matter or anything. It's a 3D board, and it looks really cool. It looks like an arena, and there's all these little different pieces. It looks like a little Colosseum kind of thing. So the board is, is just the most awesome part of it. Uh, Titan out of Nancy France. Let's see here. Let's move on to... Norway, shall we? For this game called Super Club, oh. it is the football manager board game, and boy, you just got to check out their little two-minute video because football or is it football? It's actually football. Oh, yes, like our football. yes. This guy in wow. this in this uh, sweet Norwegian accent mm-hmm. is uh, all about American football. Um, Super Club. Is the name of their company, I guess. Also, two to six player strategy game. There's a lot of pieces. There's a lot of parts. Uh, it's it's. But if you're into football, <laughs> I, I kind of started to glaze over halfway through the video because there's just football. Some people football, really football. like a lot of. Some pieces. people are gonna love this yes, game. I didn't really mean like to make it <laughs> put a negative spin on that. Some people really are gonna love it. Uh, so that's out of uh, Haugzund, Norway. Sure, i sorry, Norway. I'm sure that's 100% I'm correct. Yeah, yeah. So right next to Norway is Canada, right? They're yes. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> both at uh, right. the same latitude. <laughs> Our little neighbor to the north, uh, there's a couple games that caught my eye. This one, okay, everyone knows Mahjong, right? Uh-huh. Your parents, yeah. your grandparents played Mahjong. You should a... <laughs> know, right? <laughs> wow, <laughs> again. <laughs> so uh, this sweet little couple from Toronto, Canada, have come up with a card game, basically. Based on that, it's called Not Your Mahjong. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and it's super cute. It's three to four players, ages 12 to 112. So if you're 113, you really it. forget it. Your you pass. can't do nope. it. Uh, it takes about 30 minutes. It'll look kind of cool. You get your pairs and your triads, and then there's strategies, triads. and it's Mahjong. Three trio and a. Pe- I don't know. Don't be dirty. This, <laughs> <there's>, <laughs> That's not there's, dirty. Oh, it wasn't? <laughs> oh, was that just in my brain? <laughs>
1: Maybe. (laughs) Probably.
2: (laughs) Not your ma's zhong. It's it's called, I can't stop giggling. Okay, also from Canada, Uh, Peterborough, Canada, Ugly Christmas Sweaters Game. Because the holidays are coming up, so this will be apropos. It's an ugly Christmas sweater game, and it's super cute. It's a trick taking, card drafting, sweater crafting card game for two to four players. It's not real sweaters. You're not going to get a real sweater out of it, just in case. I know, I was all excited. But um, but you do make sweaters out of your little Sounds cards. and like a good and thing
0: to play at a white elephant party. Or or it bring it a certainly
2: does, sir. There you go. It's oh. called Ugly Christmas Sweaters. Check it out. Uh, let's see. What country? Give me a country. Give me another one. Um, Denmark? Macedonia, you say? Yes. yes. Also. Been uh, there. Also. For, have you? <laughs> yes. Have you? Well, they must have seen you because this game <laughs> is called Small <laughs> yeah. Samurai Empires. And it's out of, okay, if you've been there, how do you pronounce Scope? Scope G. Really? You're just making that up.
1: No, No, he he knows. knows. Oh, cool. (laughs) Well,
2: anyway, uh, named after our own blue samurai, this game is called Small Samurai Empires. (laughs) Wow. The empires that are small.
1: They remember him from when he was there.
2: Lead your samurai to glory in this action programming area control strategy board game for two to four players. Looked really cool. Again, really cool cards, really pretty Mm -hmm. matte and graphics and everything. You play over three eras, and that's... The time periods in the game, you don't play over three eras because you're just going to be there forever. Yeah, that's right. That would, yeah. Be, that would take way too long. Uh, and you, keep, you take score after each era and whoever wins at the end. Uh, scoring is um, how many lands you've acquired and what you've put on those lands. Um, there's a planning phase, a resolution phase, and it's just cool. Small samurai empires, cute little cool. pieces. Too. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, let's see, Macedonia... There is a very lovely game for those of you who are a little more chill um, and don't want to conquer countries or anything. It's called Tranquility, and it's um, out of the UK by Board Game Hub. It's a cooperative card game. It's just cards. There's no words on these cards. They're just boat cards and island cards and other things, cards. And you're just trying to get your boat. You're all on this boat called the Tranquility. They named it that but it's also a tranquil game. And you're trying to uh, get your boat to an island before you run out of action cards. And so you're all kind of working together. I guess as soon as you run out of action cards, you sink or flutter around in the ocean forever. So tranquility. That's not very tranquil. Uh, So that was kind of cute. Hold on, hold on. A couple more. I'm not done. We have uh, also UK. Uh, It's a game called Burglar, which looks so cool to me. So the board is set up like an overhead view of a room. It's kind of like a clue thing. You're trying to find these three different parts of the room, but the tiles change each time, and there's things under the tiles. And it's kind of like a memory game, but not really. And you have to roll the dice to see who uh, can choose what. If you get a certain roll or a certain card, you can move. There's furniture over these tiles. You can move the furniture. you got to pick up the three required items, and the first one that does that gets out of the room wins the game. So it looks super cool. It's pretty fast, two to six players. Oh, they have another little thing in here. Uh, it's for Ages six to hundred and one. So, so if you're hundred and two yes, on up, play. I'm sorry. Play the other I'm sorry. Games. No Maybe rights. the hundred and two players yeah. on up can play Mahjong or something like go. that. So, Burglar. It actually looks really cool. I kind of want to get that. That looks like fun. Let's see. I might be done. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Oh, I'm not done. I'm not done. How about Poland? Sure. Just sure. Why not? Yeah. All right, Krakow, Poland. It's a game called Clash of Minds. Holmes versus Moriarty. Uh, it's by Creative Maker um, Poland. Who knew? Who knew they were making games over in Poland? I didn't. Uh, clash of two powerful minds and only 12 hours to solve or commit the crime of the century. It's pretty much a card and token game. There's scheming. There's intriguing. There's bluffing. Um, two to six players. 30 minutes, although it looks like more. Um, finally... Out of Switzerland. You said Switzerland, didn't you? Here we go. Yes. Uh, Darwin's Choice. It's called Darwin's Choice. It's the final campaign. It's by Mark... It's got an umlaut. He's got an umlaut over his last name. I love that. I love umlauts. Uh, It's a pretty game. Cards only. Over 480 hand-drawn animal cards. It's a 100% carbon-neutral footprint creating this game. And it's 100% sustainably made. They don't... I don't know how they do that. Uh, recycled cardboard for their boxes etc they already have an expansion pack with more beautiful hand cards they they
1: changed they
2: might have done that i mean why not and uh darwin's choice from switzerland um it was a long video but um you know <laughs> okay. i'm sure it's some survival of the fittest type of situation right. uh that's it i didn't hit all okay. the countries
0: well, I do want to uh, put in two games that are in the tabletop game news. Uh, from which one? country? Uh, they're no, they're not. Uh, they're from here, actually. Okay. So, well, we're uh country? Uh, the Curse of the House of Rock- Rookwood. Sorry, it's an RPG. It's up on Kickstarter. So, if you missed that whole Gothic horror during um, October, if you like Gothic RPG, check that out. Also, uh, for our Minis fans out there, uh, new Necromunda and Middle Earth figures are available at pre-order from Games Workshop. Um, I played uh, Necromunda way back when. I'd like to get back into it, so maybe I should uh, check that out. So, those are the two things I'd like to give a shout out to.
2: Would you like to hear my theme for the next podcast game um, review? Sure. It's going to be, I, I kind of let in with mm-hmm. Darwin's Choice. It's going to be games that are ecologically and environmentally conscious. Oh. Oh, Conscientious? Fun. Very nice. Conscientious. Sure. Very nice. Whatever. Good for the environment.
0: Well, I think that wraps up for the news and con news. So why don't we get right into uh, behind the DM screen and check out uh, what to do when you're in between adventures. Right. Sounds great. All right. Let's do that right about now. This segment of the podcast is sponsored by Dragonflight, a tabletop games convention dedicated to promoting the educational and social benefits of gaming in the Pacific Northwest. Sign up now at dragonflight.org. Now back to our show. Geeks of Cascadia presents Behind the DM Screen. Hey geeks, Blue Samurai here. You are at the segment called Behind the DM Screen, and I am
2: with. I'm Rebeculous. I'm Steve.
0: I'm still Paul and as you know we've got our our guest host here steve morowick thank you steve for showing up again i really yeah. appreciate that you're kind of our resident D expert on this <laughs> it's true you are you are uh today we're going to talk about downtime um and just really briefly uh downtime is basically kind of what you do in between adventures um actually downtime has been around for actually the first edition D, but back then it really there was really no official rules it was kind of like Hey Steve, uh, you know I li- I I'm a twelfth level fighter and I've got a million gold pieces. Uh, I like to build a castle and then I'd work with Steve and he. Yeah,
3: the DMG had rules or had costs for all the bits of the That's castle. Right. You did also have training time in the old mm-hmm, days, mm-hmm. although that got uh, ignored a lot. It where did. <laughs> you would by level, and I think there was you'd get a rating for how well you role played, and there was some formula like Arcane Editions had and it determined, you might have rolled a D4, I think, in right. there too, and, and that determined how many weeks you would have to train with somebody to, to gain that level. A lot of
0: it was just kind of just talking to the DM back in the day, really not any formal rules. There was a little bit, but uh, now it's kind of really kind of spelled out for you with 5th edition. Um, I kind of like the 5th edition rules on, on downtime, um, but basically... Uh, let's just get down into it. Uh, the fact that downtime really consists of three things. One is there's going to be a lifestyle cost and expenses, any type of downtime that you do. You know, maybe it's training, maybe it's gaining a skill, which is basically the same thing, running a business, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the other thing is what the actual activity is, uh, what are you going to gain from it? Let's say you want to make a magic item. Well, obviously you the end result is some kind of a magic item and then lastly is the story and role play behind it did you fail in your um your quest to create a magical item did you gain a rival a complication and what does that mean for your character so really those are the three elements of what it takes for uh downtime um and it's really again spelled out in the rules that you have and um, but we'll go into that a little bit later. Um, Steve, you want to talk a little bit about maybe into the um, lifestyle costs and expenses that go, on, go into this?
3: Sure. Why don't I? <laughs> okay. Uh, <clears throat> following a so, little outline here. Yeah. Uh, so your life, uh, lifestyle expenses are basically, you know, your character might be, you know, noble, could be. A pauper it could be middle class, whatever, depending on... A lot of this will come out of the background, too. I mean, if you're an urchin, mm-hmm. you're probably lower. But it's just a, a cost per day to live. Right. And know? we
0: haven't gone into activities. This is kind of more of like um, outside of general activities costs. Yeah, and this mm-hmm. is
3: kind of... There's not a lot of things to spend money on in D&D 5th right. edition, so here's one of them. It's, it's <laughs> essentially a a breath tax you can give to your players. And if they want to live in mm-hmm. some extravagant manner, you can say, hey, that's 10 gold pieces a day. If they want to live, you know, normal person, that's like a, maybe a gold piece a day. And if they want to live in an alley and eat rats they catch and mm-hmm. whatever happens to be floating by in the gutter, you can do that for free. That sounds awesome great. <laughs> yeah. um,
2: wow, that's free. I should have chosen that one. I know. Well, and, this,
0: and this is the type of downtime that... Like freaking druids, it's kind of like just before a campaign starts, or just after we're going. Hey DM, um, I got some money. Can I go buy a piece of armor? And this is not non. This is not magical stuff. This is kind of your basic yeah, stuff. Yeah, your you basic in the stuff. Town. And
3: there's rules for like, hey, I want to buy a hunk of cheese. Okay, that's one silver right. piece. You know, that's always that's been around. Uh, the, some of the older editions had great lists of not really equipment, but stores and all that. Uh, there's a reasonable, yeah. Mostly, it's I think a guideline for for people who right. want to buy things. Hey, how much is that going to cost? And you,
0: um, and you can find those in the Player's Handbook and DM's Guide, usually in Chapter yeah. 5 of the Player's Handbook, Chapter 6 of the DM's Guide.
3: Yeah, uh, pretty much anything between a hunk of cheese or, uh, you know, Fortress. <laughs> right. Uh Steve, do you have any guidelines that you do when, um, let's say, when
0: we come to you and say we, you know, if we want to buy something, you just say, hey, just check it out the player's handbook, or if we want to yeah, sell something, the, you can take 50% off. the kind of off. de
3: facto standard has always been if it's in the player's handbook, you can buy it. If it's reasonable in the mm-hmm. player's handbook, I mean, if you say, hey, I want to buy 8 million chickens, then <laughs> no. Right. I don't care if you have the money for that. You're mm-hmm. not going to find 8 million chickens. Right. Um... But, you know, for, for the most part, you can buy things in the player's handbook for for cost, and you can sell them back for half cost.
0: Do you, is, you ever use uh, persuasion checks for
3: maybe selling or buying items at all? Uh, only if it's something weird, you know? Okay. If it's like a straight, I'm going to buy a sling, no. Okay. Uh, but if you're looking for something special, like, hey, I want an ivory-handled dagger because that fits my character, you might get into the little bit of, you know... Searching around, asking right. around, and then haggling with somebody or something, or you know, whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean that's uh, like if Paul wants um, fifty daggers. Yeah. And uh, um, Paul
3: has fifty daggers. He doesn't. He <laughs> just puts <laughs> just adds them into the D and D Beyond. Uh, so
0: where can you find these rules? Basically, um, right there in the DM's Guide, in Chapter Six, the Player's Handbook, Chapter Eight. Five. Uh, what? What is it? Five?
3: Oh okay. wait, no, it's yeah, five is a quick. Okay.
0: One. The one that's really good is Xanathar's Guide to Everything. I love how they kind of play out the downtime rules. And when I say downtime rules, now we're getting into actual activities that you do that gain something for your
1: character. Yeah, there's a reason they call that chapter "Revisiting Downtime" because yes. they they clear it all up.
0: They do. So like the yeah. first time we did it,
1: I read the Player's Handbook, and it's like it was. I, I didn't want to do it. It didn't sound fun. That right. I w- didn't know what I was doing. I didn't read Xanathar's Guide. And it, yeah it's really good
0: um out of the abyss has one on some outpost putting an outpost outpost in the undergar dark check that out uh water Deep dragon Heights touches a little bit about running a tavern um acquisitions incorporated paul's going to touch about that a little bit later on that ghost of Saltmarsh actually has a few things in it uh kind of really campaign specific uh but let's talk about downtime mechanics Um, really quickly and basically it really consists of uh, about five things so first is the activity what you are doing so for example um, I want to craft a magic item Uh, the second thing is the resources and the resources is an element of 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 different things could be time money location contact let's say i'm going to craft that magical item well maybe and, and actually here's a good scenario because i did this with with steve When steve i wanted to create these goggles of the night which is, allows me to see a night um dark vision but i didn't have The skills, because you asked me, do you have any skills? And I think any um, tool making. tools? anything that could justify you (laughs) making. That's right, smith tools or something like that. Yeah, I
3: mean, there's the physical part, and then there's the magical part. So, so I think you outsourced the the physical part. Right,
0: and so I had to pay. I had to find someone to actually build them, but then I did the magic-y thing to it to make it happen. I enchanted them. So really, you've got to work with the DM, the player, on, on how you're going to get this stuff. I mean, if you're in water deep, maybe that's easy. But if you're in a smaller town or in oh, the yeah. wilderness, no, you probably won't be able to do that. Um, also, the resolution you're going to have to do some DC checks too. You know, whether it be Arcana or history or whatever. Um, if you're if you is it something physical, then maybe acrobatics or athletics. And then what is the end result? That's the complication. If you failed, is there a rival involved? A lot of these are sometimes spelled out very very well for you in Xanthar. Some of them are not, but that's, that's basically yeah. what it
3: but you can, boils down to. It's pretty easy to, to kind of, once you just start talking with the player and like, what are you trying to do? It's pretty easy to just kind of go, okay, well, that's not really covered, but I'll give it, make this check. Um, and you can, you know, sometimes you'll you'll miss checks or whatever, but you can roll it over. Well, it didn't happen this week, but you've right. made some progress, so I'll let you have another try at it next week. Right. Um, always a chance of a, a complication, but. Yeah, sounds sure, that's, that, that's real life, too. That's just yeah. life, That's yes. right. When I
0: make a magic item, sometimes I don't get it right the first week. Yeah. yeah. You never are. Try to um, learn that's
2: language. That's right. And find that to be kind of tough. Uh, the next thing you need to do is. Story
0: arcs, story hooks, side quests. Don't make this, you know, kind of um, kind of a black and white. You just do this. You do this role, and out comes your widget. Um, really, kind of make it fun. Um, add some story to it. Come up with something. Work with the player. I know well, Steve and I. We we had some yeah. things going on and, with and, your character. And this is a
3: mm-hmm. good opportunity for. When the group's playing together, the group is playing the group story. And you're interacting and you have your story arc for the group. But it can be a really good opportunity for individual story arcs where right. I have stuff that I do when I'm not out adventuring with the rest of the party that can center around what I'm doing um, and can kind of carry on, you know, okay, well, you've finished out some adventure or something, you move on to another and you have some downtime. you can kind of keep that your own story Kind of intertwined mm-hmm. with the the main, you know, kind of separate from the main story. Right. But things can then kind of inter intersect a bit. Yeah,
0: I'm for one is with um, Rebeculus here. We had uh, she had the downtime of um, working with her temple. She her character was like a believer of Bahamut, so it kind of threw me off. Because one, I got like, is there even a temple here in Waterdeep, which there <laughs> is, by the way, a small one, and. What does she gain out of it? Who is the other person that she's working with? So you have to kind of—I had to create an NPC, right? Yeah. Like a kind of a priestess, and where does that go? So, yeah, we, we did a little story arc with you, and yeah. and her her story actually kind of grew, her character background grew a little yeah. bit because of it. Uh, one thing before we go into actual uh, rules is Steve and I—we kind of did it differently. Uh, one, Steve, we actually with you we did a sit-down session. We went round robin, which was which was really good, and then. With me, because there was another campaign going, I, I kind of did one on one with the character. Um, either way it works. It really depends on the time that you have. I kind of yeah. li- I I did like it round robin a little bit because we got to know which other which other people yeah. are doing. Yeah, got to yeah. see what the others are doing. I um, like that too. The the way I did it, it allowed me to kind of do a lot of writing. I, I do like to yeah. write a lot, <laughs> and expand and do storytelling. What? Yeah, you? I know, crazy. No. Uh, so it allowed me to do that. So really, either way, it it, it works. Um, yeah. Uh, Steve is just really good being on his toes. He's been a DM for a long time so you can you can do that. He was born things a DM. That's right. He's things up as I go along and that's right. Yeah. And the cord in the DM's handbook right there. Okay. Um, so let's but yeah, go, oh, it, okay, but go in and
3: one more mm-hmm. little point mm-hmm. I was going to throw onto that. Sure. Um, when I talk about things intersecting, you know, you you mentioned oh, made up NPC for this. You're going to probably end up making NPCs for a lot of this stuff. Right. A lot of these things will will interact. You know, you'll need other characters, especially when you're carousing, which is really making contacts. And so you're going to you're going to learn uh, know all these people that your character knows, that the others right. don't. So in a situation when at the game table when the whole whole party's playing, instead of going, hey, do I know anybody? who does this that I can lean on and DM saying, oh, okay, yeah, make a role. Uh, yeah, you know somebody. You know, DM can put you in a situation mm-hmm. and and you, everybody's like, oh, we need somebody who can do this. And one of the players sitting there can go, hey, I know a guy. Right. You know? Right. And, right. and be the one instead of the DM saying, you know a guy, be the one to bring up, hey, I know right. a guy who can, who can do this for us.
0: We had a really good example um, when – you, your character went carousing, gained a contact, and because you gained a contact that worked at the Black Staff Academy, you yeah. were able to get a job, and that transitioned to another work, uh, downtime activity, just work. Yeah. And you were getting money. and as I don't
3: know why I would ever spend you know, my D&D time working. Right, <laughs> right. But apparently I did.
0: Well, and, and for, um, you know, if you really really play by the rules in terms of like if you're a wizard and you guys – you got to scribe scrolls. You're always spending a lot of money, and so you always <laughs> yes. got to find money. It's the wizard who has the lowest hit points and the least amount of gold, and so yes. they're always struggling. Um, so let's go into the actual downtime examples that are set in the rules, and then maybe we'll go into some homebrew stuff. Um, so really quickly, we'll talk about, you know, if you follow the the – how would downtime mechanics work you know quick the activity the resources the resolution maybe the complications and and maybe if you have any personal experiences to any of this so steve we'll kick it off with you build a stronghold those are for your high level characters though.
3: yes that is uh and really building a stronghold's pretty simple you you gain a lot of money and <laughs> then you say i want to build a stronghold now part of it I don't think it really goes too much into detail. Uh, but, you know, it, it gives you a few guidelines on, well, first off, you're going to have to somewhere you you can build your stronghold. I was going to say, right. is that right. assuming so you, have
2: or do you have the, you, the, yes, of land? Yes. That's the other thing, probably, too, right? Yeah. Too. Yeah. There's
3: not really rules for that. But there's, you know, um, it talks about being able to to buy deeds or you can inherit them. It's pretty, pretty sparse. Uh, but generally when you're playing you know, you're going to know the situation you're in. If you guys are all still kind of, if you're murder hobos and right. <laughs> you have to run from the law every time you see it, uh, you're probably not going to be able to get that deed for land. But if you've done good deeds for a certain kingdom or things like that, you know, by the time you're really powerful enough to, to build a stronghold or something, you probably know who's going. You're going to be contacting to right. be able to get rights to the and land.
0: There's also rules in there about it doesn't have to be a stronghold. It could be maybe you want to.
3: Yeah, it buy can be a, a temple an yeah, a abbey. Temple. Yeah. You know, an estate. All these things, but mm-hmm. it's it's essentially the same same thing. You're right. building building a thing, and you got a somebody has to give you the rights, or you have to have rights to a place that can build right. it. Uh, it. They give you, you know, this should cost about X amount of money. Take about X amount of time to build,
0: and, and it, that one's in the DM's guide, so it's not uh, there's not a lot to it. It's yeah. basically you have the money, the time, you kind of build some. Not a lot, not a lot of die rolls involved with that. How about buying a magic item, Steve? You, there, that's in the Xanathar's guide, to everything.
3: Yeah, uh, the way it goes in there is essentially you can you can put forth money into trying to track down magic items to buy. Um and you make like a, a persuasion check and and it's got rules for that. And then you're gonna like roll essentially kinda of D four times D four times on a magic item table higher the better for your roll. And then randomly it'll determine by by rarity how much does this cost? Right. Does it have uh, to be like a
2: magic item, excuse me, that like your character would Be able to use in like I wouldn't want to like what we've done. What we were doing essentially
3: is people going, "Hey, I'm going to put my yeah." And we're in Waterdeep, so you could feasibly do this. And you know, a guy who who knows people, yeah. Uh, So just kind of putting out feelers for, "Hey, what do you have that I could buy?" Mm -hmm. And so then, right? Yeah, um, like like
1: I I rolled something that that, uh, Ranger could use, or Right.
3: right.
0: Yeah. I, I, as I recall I think the way we did it is a okay. character says i want to put i
2: am in this campaign. A, a
0: character wants to buy something from this contact and then I think you rolled something and then there was yeah a, it was essentially a list rolling of things
3: randomly on a table right. to see what was there yeah. right. and it's like hey you could get this you know i mean I guess there's a bunch of of things power for every character can use for like x amount of money yes or no and then and things through like things that. and People were looking for things in in, in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one you got your crossbow. I got, much. Yeah, I got my crossbow. Nobody else really got what they were asking for, yeah. but there was the whole everybody's flush with money right now. Right. Yeah, we had so much money as like, so they like, something you could use, oh, well, so I bought it for you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did
2: I thank you for that? Thanks. I think so. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> so
0: let, let's go into carousing now. There's two, un- because the DM's guide came out first before Xanathar's guide, there is a little bit of. De- uh, division there the carousing of the dm's guide is more about gambling versus the Anathar's guide is more about making contacts steve you want to i thought
2: carousing was womanizing i guess not no, no it's,
3: it's just carousing. it's it's really yeah. about going out and contact. meeting people and again carousing is a great way of making contacts and knowing people that you know you kind of hang out with you got some type of probably just shallow but relationship with you know them you can go hey talk to them they'll know who you are Um, and that can be that's one of those things that can be really useful for the campaign because maybe this contact you made is an NPC that's going to be featured in the adventure coming up or some other adventure coming up maybe it's somebody who can do things for you you know all these things and so that can really end up impacting play. For right. the most part, I mean, you can make enemies. You can make, you know, you can get beat up if uh-huh. you have complications and all this. It's actually got a bunch of tables, right? Which are kind of cool. Dip, different complications for different uh, social uh, classes. Yeah. And that's but, what you
0: gotta do first, right? Choose what level you wanna. I wanna do carousing at the yeah. low, low level, uh, kind of middle class level, and the noble level. And I, I think there was a uh, gold piece attributed uh, to each level that you had
3: to pay. Yeah, it costs a certain amount of money to go bar hopping at each level. It yeah, it Depends on the dive right. bar or the really nice bars. Right. But really, it is all about introducing more NPCs into right. the campaign. And they can be for, for fun and just an interesting person. They can end up getting tied into a plot hook by the dm right uh they can be somebody that's a resource you you know suddenly oh i need to talk to somebody at the black staff academy and hey i know a guy right um so it's it's really useful for mm-hmm. the dm on um, the carousing contacts to kind of give them ins into the actual play that'll happen
0: And remember, folks, that you can only – I mean, you can – DM and player can do whatever they want once they agree to But you can only have so many contacts based upon your charisma modifier. So keep that in mind, uh, one plus your charisma modifier. Um, But, I mean, that kind of makes sense, right? If you're you're not persuasive, you're not a good person. makes perfect sense. Why would I hang out with you, right? So – I have so three of my friends right here so about That's part. why. That's right. See,
1: the first time we did it for your campaign, I misunderstood what carousing was. That's actually what I wanted you to do. You thought it was womanizing? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was womanizing. <laughs> right. And so It is not. <laughs> and so I kind of made up a thing oh, oh, and didn't know to it up.
0: That's right. It can be. Yeah.
1: That's right.
2: Women know things too.
3: Yes. You know, it's
0: of not sure just Steve's character had an incident.
3: Yes. I made a hostile contest. That's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so going into the next uh, uh, things that I, I got on my list here is crafting non-magical items again that is in the well I guess I haven't said it before but it's in the player's handbook and that is pretty straightforward you spend and these are non-magical items uh, you spend a bunch of money um, on, on a particular item I think it's about 50% of the actual um, what's actually cost because I think plate armor is about 1500 that's the market value and it would take about according to the rules, maybe half of that, so seven hundred and fifty. Um, and then poof, you get the magical item. So it's pretty simple provided you item. have not sorry, non magical item, okay. provided you have the skills. Yeah. So just because you know, you're a great person got the money, no, you gotta have proficiency in Smith Tools. Now I, if
3: you rolled just exactly what you needed, mm-hmm. the DM is entirely in the right for people to comment on your kind of cheap-looking armor you made yourself. Right. But <laughs> well, what it's I, worth it to save 750 gold, well, I'm sure. What I did
0: was we have a we have a player, a friend of ours, uh, Bill, who, who's in there, and he actually did this. He wanted to build something, but what I did, is I actually made him roll. Um, so it's kind of homebrewed, you know, kind of an easy DC level roll. Rolled because. He had proficiency in Smith tools, but I felt he still had to uh, roll on that. Um, crafting a magical item is a little different, and I and that's really spelled out. I would ask people to look at the uh, Xanathar's Guide Everything on crafting magical items because it's really broken down to um, the simple magical items you can do relatively. Is like potions and scrolls; those are really easy. It takes amount of time um basically they're done i mean there, there's nothing not much to that you'll you will have to pay a cost the actual magical item let's say a sword a piece of armor uh equipment Boons. that takes a little bit more yes um, depending on the level if it's a common item or uncommon item maybe your dm will get away with hey you know what you don't have to get you know a fire elementals you know to put in this sword because you j- you just got something simple you know, I'll let you cast um, a simple spell on a very expensive piece of artwork, and then you get the magical item. Uh, but the harder and more the rarer the item, then that's when the DM is going to kind of have to come up with um, really a set of ingredients, if you will, for like like I said, if you if you have a flame tongue, if you want your
3: mm-hmm.
0: your character wants to do that, then maybe you're going to like slay a fire elemental. You're going to have to yeah. maybe. Um, get lava. I don't know what you gotta do. So but, you don't, you you don't
2: make the thing first and then it, and then make it magical after. You have to use magical ingredients Well, you can make
3: or, or materials most of the thing. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, now I have to add this beholder's eye stock. But you can't just roll for the beholder's eye stock. It's right. like, you gotta go find mm-hmm. one. Right. Well, which means, you know. You're gonna die. You're gonna mm-hmm. die. Right. And you <laughs> have to yeah. do some die rolls,
0: too, to actually get it. And. Yeah, you
3: don't want to screw up your beholder's eyestock. You That's run right. You're going another one.
0: Run down to the hardware store on your project again. Just, just get
1: a bunch all at once.
0: <laughs> right. And if you look in Xanther's Guide, it actually has a really good breakdown on um, what type of um, challenge rating it should be. Let's say if you want to do a rare item, the challenge rating of these ingredients should come from a challenge rating 9 or 12. That's pretty high up. Yeah. Um, that could get yourself killed. But, you know, those magical items are rare, so it should be hard to put together. But it's all it's all down there. also tells you how long it takes. So if you have a common item, maybe it just takes one week. If you have a very rare item, it takes 25 weeks. And, of course, there's a cost attributed to that. There can be complications that arise if you maybe roll poorly. Maybe you made somebody mad because um, you you killed their dad <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't know you know or you d- you did something that infuriated somebody like if you got a great example he said beholder eye stock well maybe um other beholders found out about it and he wants to kill yeah. you i don't know
3: and, so, and like mostly see, they have some like reasonable tables for all this stuff but mm-hmm. as a dm you can just kind of go oh, i'm going to come up with this thing that better fits the situation have you made up your own complications certainly.
2: with us Maybe. I can't think of anything. <laughs> I love the complications well, I, for almost every activity in right. downtime, right?
0: Yeah, and you can, you know, and you're right, you don't have to go by the rules. For example, making a potion of supreme healing costs 10,000 gold pieces in 4 weeks. I think I would probably say no. no. I'd say maybe 1,000 no. or something. It's really up to you. Uh, but that's what I have and Paul, you you did some You've
1: got crime on your crime. Crime is, Of course it. you do. <laughs> of course <laughs> I do, because that's um, how I roll. Um, crime's kind of straightforward. Um, it costs you 25 gold pieces to um, investigate and make that check to see if you can find somebody that you want to rob, right? Um, and then you choose a DC level that, that's, um, there's like three DC levels. Mm-hmm. You choose which one you want to do, and of course the or you're higher knocking one. knocking
3: over the little old lady That's walking right. down the street, taking her? Yeah, you know, you're walking into a bank. Bag of coppers, or yeah.
1: Yeah, so the higher the DC level, the greater the reward, and then you make some rolls. And if you roll like, if you if you miss them all, you go to jail. If you make them all, you get, you get full payment. And there's in between, right? So it's, it's really kind of straightforward. It's in the book. Uh, it's, it's fun. I like it because I like the gambling, <laughs> I like the, the gambling aspect right, right. of um, playing Dungeons and Dragons. For me, like rolling the dice, is like playing a slot machine. I get the same rush. If you <laughs> if you
2: end up in jail, then do you lose? Right. Do you I lose
0: money? I think you money? have to Does get paid
1: to get out of jail.
3: Uh-huh. Oh, just know, like real life. Just like real All life.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: Another uh, another downtime role is gaining renown, and that's really easy. You spend.
2: What is renown? Them, what is renown? Well, renown, you well, renown? you have to
0: look at, it's chapter one of renown. It's like gaining ranks People in a particular organization. It, yeah. yeah,
2: I mean, yeah, I know exactly. what it is. I asked it's that It's being a yeah.
3: respected member of some society. That's right. Or maybe how it's gaining can that, a rank. And how can
2: way. that benefit you in the future? Well, you
0: can, let's say if you're, you have a lot of renown in the Lord's Alliance, maybe that helps you when you visit another person who's part of the Lord's Alliance or, you need some help if you're uh, with the Harpers. I think you're with the Harpers, right? No, sir. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Emerald
2: Emerald Enclave, Emerald my friend. Enclave, so you can get help from
0: yeah, them. Piece. But if you want to gain renown with piece. them, you want to climb up the rank. Maybe you want to do uh, you want to do that. So simply do some minor things for them, um, work for them. Maybe you want to intern for um, a Harper uh, boss. I don't know. It's really up to your DM. But it's in the rules here. You know, for every ten activities you gain a renown by one so that's one way of doing it but moving on um gambling
1: paul gambling, you talked a little again, bit about gambling, gambling. Is yes. I oh, you
2: gave paul all the like seedy topics well that's yeah. kind of that's kind it's, of who i play because he's seedy <laughs>
1: um gambling um is super fun um the thing that's best about it is um
2: winning well yeah <laughs> you, you, you can
1: bet up to a thousand gold pieces per session uh, per week i guess and, but the DC is random because it's based on who you're gambling against, and you have no idea what the DC is. Right. So you're rolling, and you're hoping that um, you're going to do better. So Your three rolls, so you're going to do better than, than that person. Um, and having a gaming set proficiency helps you, but still there's like, you, you just don't know.
2: Is the DM also he, rolling to see yes. who you're – gambling yes.
3: Okay. Yes. or is he just – And picking? the thing I really like about the gambling – is you have to put up a certain amount of money that you're going to gamble for the week. But if you do really bad, you will lose that plus more. Plus more, <laughs> yes. Yes. Because gamblers don't just lose that's, the money that's they right. set aside to right. Well, I can make that back. To I can make that right. back at just they one more time. dig in. <laughs> I, I like that little bit. I'm like, that's really true. It's very nice, yes. yes. And Paul lucked out. You got some money, so. Oh, yeah. Well, I rolled well. I didn't luck out.
1: That's it's right. a skill. It's your Rolling skill. is yeah, a skill. That's right.
2: Is that what you practice before you? Yeah, that's should, what, I, that's uh, what I do. Uh,
1: I should practice.
2: So Rebecca, she
0: did some Sacred Rites. Um,
2: we did that. We yeah. did that, yes. Um, so, you know, if your character's kind of pious or Mm -hmm. leaning towards the religious uh, affiliation they can uh, you can take part in some sacred rites in a temple or or what have you affiliated with your his or her god or goddess Um, if you're a priest you can actually lead these rites if you're a lay person you can uh, assist the priest with the rites, or you can offer sacrifices uh, in a temple. Oh, what um, kind of
1: sacrifices? Human sacrifices? Sure. I mean, right. you know, if that's Halfling what your God sacrifices. wants. Halfling absolutely.
2: Right. Um, between these rites, you know, spend your time mm-hmm. in prayer and meditation and whatnot. Uh, so if you do this for, I guess, at least 10 days of doing this gains you an inspiration at the start of each day for the next 2d6 days yes so now, that's pretty cool
0: it is pretty cool and and just keep note that this is um kind of split in two areas because there's religious. well we'll go into that one there's actually religious services and the one uh performing sacred rites and um, Rebeculus actually did both of those things and gained a little bit of inspiration um, you got to be careful because inspiration can be pretty powerful um but on this one I believe I had, I had you roll on your religion in order to, to actually make it. So I didn't just give it to you, but you can do that if you wish.
2: I feel like I feel like my sacred rites, I feel like they just had me cleaning the temple. I feel like maybe that's what I was been, doing. Oh, yeah, and, okay, I was meditating. Yeah, you could today, have been performing but. secular services maybe. And, what kind of services? Secular. secular. Okay.
3: Well, the other being the peace
0: corps the other thing you did was uh do some pit fighting too right oh boy yeah oh, you well, know right.
2: okay so
3: Reckless i partly choose that because that's, that's right.
2: what i'm i'm more comfortable with my mm-hmm. characters usually say fighters or barbarians and so i was trying to kind of be in line with what my fighter might do so pit fighting plus it's just cool mm-hmm. so uh so you know that can be boxing wrestling or other non-lethal forms of combat in an organized setting with predetermined matches but there is a, a way you could have lethal, like balance to the death, right? Oh, that's that's yeah. in there. Okay, uh, DM could introduce that, I guess, with whatever you have to standard wrestle this alligator combat and rules. And wrestling a bear, wrestling a bear. A shark, wrestling right. a bear. Uh, this requires one work week, and uh, <laughs> and you have to make a series of checks and rolls with a random DC based on who your opponent is, similar to gambling, um, and you don't know who your opponent's going to be. So, a uh, strength roll, a dex roll, and a special uh, con con check with a bonus I was confused with a bonus that equals a roll of the character's largest hit die I guess that's not that confusing um, so you can replace one of these checks you can replace one of these checks with an attack roll which I did not know actually did I know that did you tell me that you actually did know well, that yeah. did I do it yeah oh
3: did I did you know did you did it? it you want, probably not you want a he's little just, <laughs> this was after
2: your campaign and he's just frantically coming in here making us roll so I was rolling under duress That's why I lost a lot of my matches. Well, and Paul rolls a rolling 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 against me. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You're rolling against us. So let's see. DC for each of these Mm -hmm. checks is five plus. 2D10, or you can generate a separate DC for each one. I don't really... So there's complications, which is awesome, and uh, you have to deal with your opponents, you have to deal with the people betting on you, you have to deal with the match promoters, and all these things. You have to things. deal
3: with being accused of cheating in a match yeah. that was fixed, yes. and yeah. having... Yep, mm-hmm. that is one of them. Being a persona non grata in the pit fighting world. That's yeah. true. And then of course,
2: there's there's different complications, right. you know, just like these other things. And you so. do
0: roll for your money, right? I'm much depending on the result if you win I yes think it was. yes and like if you're successful you're with tips.
2: one role you may you know sometimes I got half my money sometimes I broke even I feel like I lost mm. a lot, so. well how
0: about um, what's your next one I think you've got practicing a profession that's oh, kind that's of a weird too. one in the player's handbook
2: that was kind of weird and I think I I did that – I don't know if that counts when I was like a bouncer. I don't know if uh, if that's practicing my profession. But I just – again, keeping in alignment with my character, I just kind of wanted to work – between adventures and sock away the money Um, so if you do that you can uh, depending on on what you do you can maintain a modest lifestyle or comfortable lifestyle or wealthy lifestyle Um, and it and you avoid paying the gold piece per week if you're working right as a dm i
0: think i would wrap that up with work maybe perhaps there's a work downtime rules and i would count that as that maybe i would say that maybe when you're practicing your profession you get to roll with advantage because you're doing something that you know
2: well and I, then if you're a member of one of the the temples or thieves guilds or whatever you can uh, i guess you can get a little more gainful employment right. and that affords you the comfortable lifestyle or if you have a skill performance skill mm-hmm. or something then apparently you can support a wealthy lifestyle with that so that's that's a good way to go now in dnd you always get hurt get damaged by people um,
0: and by creatures. So, Paul, what about recuperating? Well, let's talk about recuperating and <laughs>
1: relaxation at the same time. All right. Because they are so very similar. Um, you're basically kind of just kind of laying around for a week or so. Uh, a 10-day, let's say. Uh, but um, you get it... for recuperating and relaxation, you get an advantage on saving throws to recover from uh, long-term diseases or poisons. And that's the main thing. is like if you have a long-term disease or a poison, you probably want to consider doing one of these things because you get an advantage on saving throws. Right. And that's really all you're doing. Um, and for the relaxation, it's a, it's, it will also help you end an effect that stops you from, from regaining hit points. Yeah, I, I really have not seen this one used at all. It, just, um, it doesn't sound very fun. But if you all are in that condition where you have a, a disease, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's probably something you want to do. That's true. That's true.
0: Um, so you touched on those two. Uh, now we're back to religious service, which is mm. a little different from. The it's last a little group. different yeah. from
2: the sacred rites, but it's 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 kind of similar. That's right. It's the Xanathars guy. Yes, yeah, so mm-hmm. you spend uh, spend time in service of temple, uh, either by attending rites or going out in the community to uh, con- convert, like the Mormons do. You know, you just go out and. Or whatever religion
0: that you want to do we <laughs> don't judge here well I
2: just came to my door the other day so it's I thought okay. I'd bring that up mm-hmm. uh, would you <laughs> like me to stop talking about no Mormons? no go ahead <laughs> uh, so you're, there's a couple requirements you need uh, access to or attendance at a temple um, or a place aligned with your character's beliefs and uh, again a work week of doing this and, and you don't have to pay uh the gold piece for your weekly expenses um after a week you choose to make either an intelligence check guess that's religion or a charisma check and the total determines the religious service so if you roll a uh, one through ten nothing like what you did i guess doesn't matter uh if you roll a 10 to 20 you've earned one favor, and if you roll m- more than 20 the I guess that's whatever your modifiers are. You earn two favors. And I think I, I did that, and I have a favor that I haven't used yet. And a favor um, is the promise of assistance from a representative of the temple.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, I, haven't, I don't or really your know what deity. that is yet. Or your deity. Mm-hmm. Um, they can help you with a specific problem, um, s- political or social problem or whatever. Uh, 50% cost reduction of spell casting if you're a cleric. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I'm not a cleric.
1: So. Can they help you, like, with a saving throw?
2: I don't know I, all that they can help you I with.
1: Think it's,
0: uh, I it's probably up to your DM. So if you had a favor and you're in a tight spot, you get hit with a disintegration ray, and you go, DM, I'd like to use this. Um, call in my, my favor to Bahamut or whatever and, and see what happens, <laughs> and your DM will either say yes or no or have you roll, right? That's, that's just yeah. exactly
2: what I wrote here. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. Uh, Oh, here we go. Uh, Apparently favors don't have to be used right away, but you can only store up to one favor plus the character's charisma modifier. Yes, that's true. That was a weird sentence It is weird. Okay. Um, And, of course, there's complications, which are super cool, since temples can be intertwined with political Mm -hmm. and social scheming and whatnot. Um, So, you know, each week... Well they say ten percent chance of complications. You could offend a priest. You could be blasphemous even accidentally. Oh, uh, that would be my complication for sure. Uh secret temple sect offers you a membership. Another temple tries to recruit you to spy. A temple elder wants you to take up a holy quest, or you accidentally discover uh that an important person in the temple is a fiend worshipper, or whatever the DM comes up with. I like these though. I like these complications. But um, yeah, that's that's religious
3: service in a All nutshell. Right.
2: Uh, how about research? I know
0: Stevie did a little bit of that.
3: Yeah, well, you know, when your character is a conspiracy theorist, then mm-hmm. then <laughs> that's the type of thing you do in your spare time. Mm-hmm. You 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 go around water deeps, you know, YouTubes and find all these things right. um yeah research is pretty simple really it's uh it's lo- spending a week looking for lore um it costs you like looking
2: 50 gold Looking
3: you spend you some money like 50 gold a week to to just go through libraries and try and Find things I saw out. Libraries
2: were free. That's a lot of
3: money just to go through mm, libraries. Not in, the, not in water deep. Free uh, water you can deep. also you get bonus for your intelligence. Uh, mm-hmm. You can also buy more bonuses <laughs> with a bunch of gold, which we all know wizards have just so much gold lying around. Yes. How come wizards yeah. can't
2: just conjure up gold? You're a
3: yeah. freaking wizard anyway. That's destroy a destroy the economy. That's a side tangent. <laughs> sorry. Um, and then you find. Nothing between nothing and three pieces of lore, mm-hmm. um, which is just true statements about things. Generally, you're gonna say, "I want to learn about this," and it's a good opportunity. It's a real good opportunity for the DM to be able to give information out. Right? Maybe another uh, story hook or something. Yeah, exactly. I know. Uh, or clues, because right. you know uh, we might be facing this thing. I want to know about it. So clues to maybe weaknesses or habits of things things that you can leverage for your advantage or just world building lore can also be cool. I Um, know with
0: with your character you were you were doing research for because you was part of work uh, for this uh, professor Blackstaff Academy and that's I kind of use those tables as when you rolled I I would dig up something and I would write something you're right I put little pieces of information that would lead you to the next thing and some clues so
3: yeah yeah uh things can go wrong like anything can go wrong um you can get banned from a library or or whatnot uh, you can you spill beer on your book beaker cursed from mm-hmm. some ancient scroll you found you know but that's and of course the dm can can make up your own complication right. also right. and do, you, do you guys like
2: making up your own complications better
3: yeah, sometimes yeah, I like doing that. Yeah, it, it kind of forces you
0: to, It depends on actually. how hilarious yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next thing is running a business, and that's just straight out of the DM, uh, DM's guide. Or you can also check out Waterdeep Dragon Heist. That's a little a little thing in there in a running a tavern. But basically, you roll some percentile percentile die, um, add a modifier depending on how many days of uh, work you can put into it, and out comes a number, and it'll tell you if you met your, your expenses – and if you made some profit. So that's really the simplest way. Uh, there's a nice little chart in the Waterdeep Dragon Heist on you know, what it takes to actually build a tavern. And I found it interesting because you, you, you got to do upfront costs. You're dealing with the guilds, especially if you're in Waterdeep, upfront uh, costs of renovations. renovation, sorry. And then buying, actually, well, you got to buy the material, right? You got to buy the, the yeah. ale and the abyssal chickens to make the chicken. <laughs> So, um, mm. and then, of course, there's expenses oh, in there. So it's really just straight yeah. up just die rolls, and, and you come up with uh, profit or loss. And then we go to scribing a scroll,
2: which is also pretty straightforward. Scribing okay. a scroll, it is. I'd never really heard of it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes a while, but a spellcaster can transfer a spell to a scroll, creating a spell scroll. Yeah. Scroll uh, on, or spell s- on a stick. Spell on a stick. Right. Uh, time and money to do this relates to the spell level that the character wants to scribe. Uh, cantrip is like one day, 15 gold pieces, etc. cetera. Yeah. Um, up till ninth level, spell 48 work weeks and 250,000 gold pieces. Wow. I don't even know what that's yeah. like. Um, complications like anything else. Uh, you know, you could use the last of the rare ink. Used to, you know. Uh, rare parchment has a little map visit those kinds of things priest accuses you of dark magic um, all that stuff so right. scribing a scroll I will probably never right. do that
0: well and uh, once you I guess not really sc- selling the scroll but selling a magical item but maybe you do want to sell the scroll maybe you want to make money what, so do, you know I what do, do I need a scroll for uh, scroll
3: yeah I mean again you 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 have a certain I think it's like 25 gold that it costs to, to try to do this, to mm-hmm. try to find somebody to buy your, your crappy magic item that you didn't want. Um, and you, you know, make a persuasion check, and, and uh, you know, you're looking for a buyer. Uh, can you find a buyer? And then you know, what's the price of it gonna be? Oh, there you go.
0: And then uh, what if
1: you wanna sow so rumors around so the city? rumors yeah. sounds great. <laughs> um, you need a, I'm sure you need a, a good character-driven reason to do this. Um, but um, it's... A, Did you hear that,
2: Paul? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. It's, it's, it's one gold piece a day. The number of days depend on the settlement size. Then you make a, a DC-15 charisma save. So you basically your character's going around whatever size of the settlement is and um, telling lies in order to, to change the way they feel. It's kind of like um, ads on Facebook. There you go. That's really?
2: wrong. That's just wrong. Why are all your characters wrong? So what about
1: what about training? You did a
0: little bit of training. Like you can <laughs> learn a skill, learn a, learn a language.
2: I, I, I tried. I guess I was successful eventually. Mm-hmm. But my uh, – was that when I was a barbarian? No, I was a fighter. Language learning sure. was not that just easy. Just go into it. I gotta... Where are you going? i okay. keep on going. All right. Going. Well, so the player's handbook uh, talks about training as uh, – 250 days, one gold piece per day. And afterwards, you have learned a new language or you gain proficiency with a new tool. Um, You have to find an instructor, and the DM decides how long that will take and whether one or more ability checks are required. Uh, Xanathar's, however, describes training as uh, at least 10 10 work weeks, but this is reduced by a number of work weeks equal to the character's intelligence modifier. I that's strange um 25- 25 people earn things <laughs> so, uh, I, don't, I don't get that uh 25 gold pieces per work week and complications of course uh typically involve the, the teacher it says every uh instruction uh, the instructor disappears or he or she trains you in a rare archaic method it's, he's a spy sent to learn your plans he's a wanted criminal <laughs> Uh, he's a cruel taskmaster. Um, I don't know why I wrote Severus Snape in there. That's weird. Uh, anyway, so there's complications. Uh, every 10 work weeks, this is the Xanathars, I'm sure, mm-hmm. uh, brings, uh, yeah, 10 work weeks for Xanathars and 250 days for a player's handbook. Um, basically, that's right. about it. But I feel like uh, that cascades right into training to gain levels, yes. right? So as a variant rule, the DMs can require training or studying before they gain the benefits of a new level. Once the character has enough experience points to get a new get to a new level, he or she must train for a number of days before gaining any class features of that level. And the training time depends on the level to be gained. Um and uh, that's about it. It's kind of kind of dm's dm's call
3: on that one there and there's also good old-fashioned work 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 yeah work sucks Mm -hmm. i don't know why it was working honestly it's like oh yeah i got a job yay it's like how is that i'm I'm not at my job right i'm rolling for my job uh pretty straightforward though i mean if you have have a job you uh it will base off of some skill or attribute and you make a check if you do well, you make some money. Uh, if you don't do well, you don't don't really make no money. How
2: is that different from
3: practicing so, a profession? And then, and then there's complications like getting no? fired. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Hmm.
0: So, let's say your character gives you something that you it's not in the rules. For example, I had a good friend of mine. I, I DM'd him, and he said I wanted to be a bounty hunter. And I had another Paul actually wanted to do vigilante work. So what what do you do? You have to come up with it. <laughs> so luckily, though, there's so many different examples in Xanathar's Guide. You can combine things. Just remember the rule, though. Number one is what is the activity that's, that the person is doing. Two, the resources involved. Um, three, resolution. How do you resolve this? In if there's a complication. So, for example, um, Paul wanted to do crime fighting or vigilante work. I just used the criminal um activity and just changed it up and said, okay, he he's wants to do this Robin Hood style, so maybe he doesn't get he gets half the money because the other yeah. half he gives to the people. And so we worked something out there. Another one was um, uh, a good friend was doing bounty hunting. same thing, took the same type of rules, changed it up a little bit, uh, used different skills uh-huh. and then mm-hmm. came up with bounty hunting. So that's what
1: we came but up didn't with. Then you also cross those two stories.
0: Yeah we, did. yeah, we did. We did. We did do that. So as you were trying to do crime fighting, um, eventually your uh, the other friend in the he party, was, he had to go after you. Yes, yes. He, so almost I, me. He, he almost got you. got a almost you. So we found that very interesting. In fact, your character uh, ha, ha, became a, had a moniker, uh-huh. right? You yeah. became a what was that? I can't remember. Uh, well, um, it doesn't matter, yeah. right? Okay. Well, anyway, so. There are a lot of things that you can do using the existing rules to come up with different downtime activities. Just remember though, try to have the player roll roll a couple DCs. Don't just give it to them. Add some story into it. So that pretty much wraps up all that. So, um, what do you guys think about the downtime? Um, do you recommend it? Do you like oh, doing yeah, it? I love I think it. It's
2: fun. I love it. And now that I know more about it, I think I yeah. do a little more. Uh, deeper. Like I said, I, I have the fighters and things, so I do the bouncing or the pit fighting or the working, mm-hmm. but maybe, you know, the language or a tool or crafting something or, I don't know, I can be smart. I can be a smart fighter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, Now that I understand it, yes, right. I enjoy it and I know yeah. what I'm doing a little bit mm-hmm. and it's much fun.
2: And I didn't realize how, how uh, useful things like carousing could be. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it and just sounds like, the... oh, carousing, woo and yeah. but it's no, might to me be a the hope.
3: the big real big win on on downtime stuff is being able to those things and that during play instead of telling people oh you know this or no you can mm-hmm. kind of seed all that ahead of time so it's just the player going hey right i know i have somebody who could help us in this situation or oh yeah that guy wants to kill me i'm not going to go with you to talk to him <laughs> right. yeah
0: do you have any uh Maybe negatives about time uh, downtime. Maybe pitfalls or things to avoid while you're doing downtime. Um,
2: Don't roll badly. The, well, there's that. Yes. Yeah. There's that. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that's about it. Did guys, that? Did uh-huh? that sum it up? Yeah, sure. Right? Oh, sure. Okay. I can't.
2: I can't really think about
0: what the negatives would be other than I, believe, I believe
2: my fighter character was beaten by some little halfling twerp because I rolled oh, suckily.
0: Yeah. Well, sometimes you might get the, especially if a character comes up to you, a player wants to do something that's not in the book, um, it's hard to come up with something. Maybe you, you'll have to work with the player on that one. The
3: right? other nice thing uh, you can do with downtime is kind of uh, uh, draw things out a bit so you, the players don't go from level 1 to level 20 in like you know, a month and a half. Right. Uh, you can kind of pad it in there so it's a much more plausible, oh, we got mm-hmm. to Why don't you status want status in like succeed? a year. <laughs> right. Don't you want um, us to do that Like better? with, with the current campaign, I used it primarily to, you had in the summer, mm-hmm. you know, you were doing things and you finished up your adventure and now it's turning to fall. So it can kind of advance, quickly advance the storyline a bit. Right. Without just being, oh, nothing happened for the past two months.
0: Great thing about downtime—it's one of the ways that you can actually spend your money. Yeah. Really, it's the only time you can spend your money. You're a and enhance your skills. Um, you gain proficiency in certain skills that you didn't have by doing downtime. So, anyway, we highly recommend it. Yeah. I think it's fun. Yeah. It uh, enhances your campaign experience or your D and D game. So, I think that's about it. You guys have anything else okay. before we Play sign more off? D. Yes, play more <laughs> yeah. D&D. So with that, Down we'll catch you time.
2: later. Things will be great.
1: I finally understand downtime. I was so confused the first time we did it. And um, now that we've done it more than once and, and talked about it, and if the rules oh. are in seven different books, it seems like. Um, it's great that we had this conversation because now we know what to do.
0: Yeah, I think, I think it's really helpful. It um, really... Gives growth to your character. Yeah, um, I concur. As a yeah. DM, it's kind of fun because you get to add things to it too. So you know,
2: kind of I'm add glad you thought it was fun. I didn't did. know if it was like a pain in the butt. No, for no, a DM. No, no, <laughs> no
0: kind of cool. Kind of cool. Well, um, speaking of D and D, today is D and D night, so we're going to sign off and go play some D and D. We are. Um, And thank you to Tim and Nick with Around the Table for allowing us to podcast back here in the back room. So that's where we're at. Well, with that, did you guys have anything else before we sign off?
1: Disney Plus starts tomorrow.
0: Yes, it does. I've already signed up.
1: Good. Cool. You got that figured out?
0: I haven't figured out how I'm going to play it on my big TV, though. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, uh, you can email me, and then you can let me know. Just ask Winston. There you go. I'll ask my kids. Well, with that, (laughs) embrace the nerd, and I hope you make that saving throw.
3: You have been listening to the Geeks of Cascadia podcast. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon.